Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. So excited as always. I am just pumped to be here today, and I hope you you are as well, because you know what? Every day is an opportunity for you and for I to be able to learn and to grow, to be better dads, more engaged dads, to be in it in the moment and be able to do something different to be able to connect with our kids. And as a part of that, I talk to you every week about things that you can do, and I bring you guests to be able to do the same, and this week we've got another amazing guest that's going to blow your mind, and we're going to be really talking a lot about nutrition and health and things that we can do to be able to incorporate that into our lives, to be able to make sure that we are around, we are able to keep up with those kids as they're jumping on us, running around us, and, and trying to run away from us. And today we've got Luis Montano that is here today, and we're going to be talking to him about all of that. But first and foremost, Luis, so, thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. It's super fun to jump on here and connect with so many dads that I know out there that are looking for that, that extra motivation and help and and for me to just, you know, be able to share my knowledge and my gift. And I hope someone does draw some inspiration from our conversation. And I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here, too. And I always start these interviews with an opportunity to turn the clock back in time. I know you've got three kids. And I want to turn that clock back. Go back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head? Wow. So we opted to wait till the baby came to figure out if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So we had picked two names, but I secretly wanted a girl. And it was kind of something that I knew that I needed because I didn't really grow up emotionally connected to my dad enough when I was really young. And I really kind of always steered towards men and in relationships with guys and, and being with boys. And I, and getting married, I realized how emotionally deadened I was inside I didn't really have a really good deep connection with my emotions or being sensitive or or anything like that and that was something I had to work on a lot and my wife was really big on trying to draw that out of me and so I always thought you know maybe if I had a girl or that would really make me excited to get in touch with my feminine side and get in touch with my emotions and feel love more and and stuff like that so I really wanted a girl at first and when she came out I was really excited I, I was so happy I fell in love immediately. And it was cool because the name we picked was an L name, which is the same initial as mine. And so her name was Linnea. And, you know, it was just, you know, like, that's my that's my flower. And Linnea is a flower that we that we found basically while we're in our travels because it's a very popular name in Scandinavia. And it's like the number seven name every year. And it's been like that for, you know, decades because it's an old explorer of Scandinavia. And so I, I just love the name Linnea. And so I just fell in love immediately. And I was like, yes, this is my flower. It's my little Linnea. Now she's teaching me <laughs> so much about myself and my emotions and how to be patient and be kind and be loving. And, and it's exactly what I needed. One of the things I was going to just have you talk more about was the fact that you were talking about that going into being a father, you felt that you're, you were a bit emotionally dead. And that you needed to be able to pull those emotions out. And through your kids, through your wife, that you were able to do that. But there are other individuals like yourself that are listening right now that are saying to themselves, I'm feeling the same way, but I have no clue 
what steps to take. I know I need to better connect with my daughter. I know I need to better connect with my spouse. I know I need to be able to do something and get out from underneath who I feel that I am. Talk to me about the steps that you had to take to be able to unlock that for yourself because that might help some others as well. It took a good realization of like where that was coming from, you know, not really taking the time to think about why I was so callous and things like that. And, and it just kind of, and for me, it was basically my relationship with my dad. He, he left when I was young and he disappeared for a little while. And then he came back into the picture around like middle school, high school age. And he was in and out still. He wasn't as reliable. You know, he had his life and, and his, his schedule and his work and career and stuff like that. And he tried to come be there. And But, you know, I always was, there was always moments where I was let down. So then I kind of slowly started to callous my emotions on those letdowns and not really try to get overworked or emotional about, you know, when he said he would come and pick me up or when he would be at my my games or my or my track meets and not get caught up in that because I you know, always realized then I would just be in this bad mood and it would just ruin the whole moment. It would ruin the time that I was looking to enjoy. Like if it was like a graduation or something and if I was just holding on to his, that disappointment of him not showing up, then it would just ruin the entire graduation. And I also had other friends and other family to enjoy and, and make that a memory. And if I held on to that, you know, it would, it would just be, it would be a bad memory. So I started to kind of push down those, those emotions to get callous to really holding on to an emotion or holding on to someone's, you know, rule over my life. And that kind of just started to turn into me becoming a little more reckless with relationships, being not as sensitive when I started dating in college and not looking to take other people's emotions first or consider other people. And then turning back the clock and realizing you know, where that was coming from and realizing it was my relationship with my father and, and how that started and where, where it grew and where it ended up was where I needed to, to realize that I was hurting other people now too. And I was going to become my father. And then, you know, people were going to start to kind of, you know, dismiss me as a person in their lives and in my role. And when I started dating my wife, she saw that pattern that I was doing. And then I would always have acquaintances. I never had really deep, close friends. I always had just a bunch of buddies, nobody that I was like really close with, nobody that was like my go-to buddy or my guy that I can call on and hang out with and have deep conversations with. And she noticed that, you know, because when we were dating, I didn't really have, you know, that guy time or not that guy time. I guess that term is kind of, I guess, not as applicable, but, you know, just that time where I can just be myself and vent or, or counsel. And so it definitely helped me realize it when she saw that I wasn't as giving as, you know, obviously women are more connected. Generally, women are more connected emotionally than men are. So. And it wasn't, you know, I was, I was in that general pool. And so it was just about figuring out how to first acknowledge that history and then, and then work on the steps that were to, you know, emotionally connect and, and see how it was affecting other people. No, I love that. And I think that all of us have to go on our own journey to be able to f- identify for ourselves what stands in our way, what stands in the way of us being able to be that better person, that better man, that better father. And it sounds like you had to go through your own journey to be able to do just that as well. Now, as many dads have told me along the way, as they have a child, as they specifically have a daughter, sometimes there's some feeling of fear that they have in bringing a daughter into the world, but also raising a daughter in society today. What would you say is your biggest fear 
in raising your daughter in today's society? You know, things are so much different now in today's society than when I was growing up, especially for women. And it's not, you know, I think some of the some of the fears that we would initially think, you know, and 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 they're still out there, but I think women are so much more empowered nowadays. They're so much more encouraged to stand up for themselves. And I don't, you know, my fears are, are, aren't that, aren't that prevalent because I really have a strong wife, a strong woman for a wife. And, and she is adamant about raising a strong, strong daughter and a strong woman, you know? And so it's, it's really out of my hands and I'm just super, super lucky that a lot of that work is being done through my wife, but I'm also there to encourage and I'm also there to learn as well on how to do that uh, because, you know, the the way things are shifting as far as feminism and equality and, and in that aspect is, is really encouraging and, and I don't really have to hold on to any fears in that, in that realm. But on the other hand, because of the advancements in society and technology and social media, there is another whole other rabbit hole on that end that we can, I guess, uh, get caught up in, and 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 that's and that's where I kind of I can see some reservations for my daughter, especially with my wife being kind of a role model or a brand herself in social media. There's different sides to that coin that can be good and bad, and so I don't think it's fearful right now, especially because my wife is <laughs> very strong-willed and is not going to really take much flack from my daughter. So we're going to be looking steer that in the right direction hopefully and hopefully it doesn't we don't get too much resistance in that realm as for social media but i think we're gonna definitely keep a, a watchful eye on how that develops but who knows in by the time she gets in high school who knows what social media will be like it might be might be dead by then but you know the things are moving so fast but that's something i do think about because you know you do hear hear these horror stories about you know what kids can end up doing in that in that realm and the internet and connectivity to you know so many different people and you know, there are predators out there that can really affect development of a child. And so that is a little bit of a fear. But other than that, I, you know, I feel like we got a good handle on raising a, a strong-willed daughter. And, and she's already, you know, got some things instilled in her that from her mom. And, you know, that I'm just there to kind of encourage that and, and also be just a, a good mo- role model as a father and as a man. And working on showing her how a man should treat a woman, how a man should treat their wife, how a man should treat someone that they love you know, just being sensitive and also being inclusive in all the aspects that I'm interested in as far as like being active and, and being the sole provider now, as far as like this whole pandemic has definitely pushed me to become the stay at home dad. And so now she's getting that whole aspect and, and you know, model of a husband in, in our relationship too. So hopefully this is all going to turn out for the better, but you know, I, the fears are, are really, really minimal right now. I love that because I think that all of us have to understand and understand where that's coming from and understand where we can support our daughters to be able to lift them up and continue to support them in their own development. But at the same time, we have to find those role models, whether it's inside your own family or outside your family, to be able to help them to see the potential and their potential as they get older too. And it's great, I mean, to see 
Um, and you do see in your wife's online presence that she is a very strong-willed individual that is more than willing to give out her advice. But also at the same time, you can tell that that would help your daughter in so many ways to be able to see a strong role model in her life. But it's also in the lives of your boys, too, because I think that that will help them. Now, you know, I don't always ask this because not all of the guests that I have have sons, but you talked about gender equity and you talked about the importance of that. How are you instilling those concepts within your sons so that as they grow older, that they are continuing to champion the efforts that you're trying to instill in your own kids? Yeah, it's really cool is our daughter, she's the oldest, so she's bigger She's stronger. She's faster. So it's not really that hard because she basically holds her own. And it's more with my middle son. He's three and a half. He's going on four. And he's a little bit of a wrecking ball. And he loves to rough around and get aggressive. And she's not going to take it. And it's so awesome to see her stand her ground. And sometimes she can, because she is stronger and faster, she can go a little overboard, but sometimes, but it's, it's well meant because she knows that, you know, he's kind of in that age where he's not going to learn the easiest way. She has to teach him the hard way. So it's so fun to see that. And it's really easy because she kind of does it for herself. But, you know, we also do a lot of inclusive play and a lot of inclusive ideas with what certain toys are for boys and for girls. We don't do that in our family. We Everybody, when we go get like him a car, Linnea could pick a car too. Or if she gets a doll, he can get a doll too. You know, we kind of across the board don't divide any kind of play or colors or toys. So that's another thing that we like to encourage in our family is pink isn't just for girls. Pink is for boys. And so, you know, when we first, and we kind of started that with our daughter when she was born, we we didn't put her in dresses and, and pretty princess pink stuff. And that was just something that we didn't want to force on her because we knew that society would do that already and by itself. And now we're kind of seeing this healthy balance of that for her, that we don't discourage it, but we don't encourage it. So like she has her pink and her nail polish stuff. And that was stuff that wasn't brought to her by us. It literally... Like week one of preschool, she came back and was like, I want to be a princess. And we're like, wow, all that hard work out the window. No, but um, it was just a way of us just kind of letting her choose her own path instead of forcing it on her. And, you know, we didn't want to like say, oh, here, you like this, right? Because it's pink. You know, you know, say, hey, you like this, right? Because it's a car or you like this because it's a doll. Like it's not because it's a girl thing or a boy thing. It's let you choose. And she has a healthy balance of all that. You know, she has a really cool blue bike with a really cool mermaid helmet. And she likes her Hot Wheels cars just as much as she likes her nail polish, you know. So we think that can help encourage and butt her. And she has just anything in her view is a possibility for her. And so our boys get the same treatment. They get the same quality of choice. And it's fun to see that. And it's fun to see their own personalities develop instead of our encouraging our encouragement of what societal is proper for a boy and a girl. So it's fun to see them choose on their own. And our boys are definitely fine with wearing pink shirts and hand-me-down stuff from their sister. So it's not a pool. You know, we don't discriminate at all. <laughs> now, I talked about at the beginning of the show that you are doing a ton of stuff when it comes to making the most of the time that you have with your kids, but also really talking about health and nutrition. And, and if you look on your social media platforms, you've got a lot of that all out there and you're having some fun. You know, I'm look, yeah, I looked at, I've been looking at your Instagram page for quite a while and you have a lot of fun there. 
to be able to really engage your audience in different ways. And I, I can tell you, for for one, as a dad, it is sometimes really hard to find that time, to, to make the time. I'm not going to say find the time, because you can always find time. But to make the time available to doing what you need to do to stay healthy and eating healthy, working out, you know, whatever it is. So talk to me about some of the things that you're doing right now you say, to build your own brand in regards to who you are and what you're trying to do. But then let's talk a little bit about health and nutrition and because you've got some great advice and I'm going to make sure that in our notes today, we've got all the links to your stuff, but, but I know you've got to have some down and dirty things that we can do as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that too. But let's first talk about what are you trying, what have you been trying to do when it comes to who you are kind of making yourself to be as you are sharing yourself with all the followers that you have. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to, with a lot of soul searching for myself, you know, I come from a really high performance athletic background. So what I studied in college, I was a two sport athlete, played football, ran track. And then after college, I got into a little bit of stunt work and, and training pro athletes and stuff like that. And then, you know, as you, as life comes at you, obligations start to come into the picture, you get married, you get, you have kids. And then that, that free time or that leisure time or that, that me time gets, gets chipped away at. And that really started to change the perspective on my endeavors and what really matters and understanding what's really important as well for, you know, my health, my mental health, my physical health, and then my family health. And now I'm really trying to just show a balance of that, you know, and I think, that's the hardest part for a lot of us to figure out is the balance of just life and, and all the obligations, but also all the, the wants and the needs. So it's really come down to me is just you can't really come into especially health and nutrition to this all or nothing mentality because that's where we tend to fail. You know, a lot of people get really gung ho in January to get this New Year's resolution started and they're going 100 percent into, you know, health, enjoying a gym and, and working out every day and stuff like that. But that always ends up failing because you can't go all or nothing. You, you can't go all into it, especially when you don't really have this discipline behind it. And so for me, I'm, I'm starting to really, well, what I realize is I just need to have this consistent streamline of activity and a consistent streamline of eating healthy. And if you're just doing a little bit every day, that's better than doing one big day and then six of nothing. You know what I mean? So some people like to go super, super hard in the beginning and then they get really, really sore and then they take off like four days and then they go back again to the gym and then they take off another four or five days and then maybe they get hurt and then they got to take off two weeks or a month. And so you really have to learn that, you know, life is a balance and the goal should be about longevity and the goal should be about being mentally stable and also, you know, supporting that in the whole family and getting everybody else to help you and encourage that around you because, you know, going out of the loan, especially when you're just getting started is, is really, really tough. You know, you just got to kind of take baby steps and then it, it kind of a snowball effect starts to happen. And that's kind of where my philosophy has been now, especially going from the extreme side of fitness and performance and working out hard every day and pushing myself and trying to make gains or trying to PR and, and now just like, you know what? I'm a dad. I'm not an athlete anymore. I don't need to bench 350. I don't need to squat 500 pounds anymore. Like that's just unnecessary. But I do need to stay active. I do need to be 
healthy and able to play with my kids and go on a hike with them or ride a bike with them or wrestle around with them without, you know, losing breath and stuff like that. So, and then also want to live till 80, 90 years old, you know, or even a hundred, you know, and, and be around for my children's milestones in their lives and grandkids and stuff like that. And so we got to think about, you know, there is no success in the both extremes, you know, because in the other extreme of your lifestyle, you're obviously not going to live that very long if you're, you're not eating healthy, you're not, you know, being active. So you got to find that healthy balance in the middle. And, and I always like to think of it as, as a, like a blue whale or a tortoise, you know, they, they kind of live life leisurely and they live a long time. <laughs> you know, you can't live fast and expect to live a long time because you're just going to burn yourself out. But then you also, if you live too slow or if you're too sedentary, you're not going to really have that opportunity to enjoy the fruits of life too. So it's about figuring that balance, really. That's that's the key to, to it, right there. You know, you can't go all or nothing. You just have to go right down the middle. Now, if you were talking to other dads about the, that balance and how you start to chip away and identify kind of those first steps, what would be some of the first steps that you would recommend someone taking to start on that road? So the most important part of a healthy lifestyle is food. Like that's like baseline. Like if there's anything that you would focus your energy on or start to really change or try to try to just chip away at is nutrition. If you can start there, that is that's the most important part. That's the, that's going to be where you're going to see the most detrimental changes in your lifestyle and what will actually add years to your life or, or just balance you out first. And and that's the hardest part, too. You know, because today and you can find the draw of junk food and unhealthy food and, and quick food is so easy and so and it's so accessible. You can literally drive down the road and you can pass six fast food restaurants, you know what I mean? And then also you're just, you're so strapped for time. You don't have that time to think about first learning how to cook healthy and then taking that time to even cook healthy. So, but there are ways to do it. You know, you, you got to start planning ahead. And for me, and I love junk food. Don't get me wrong. You know, I will handle a bag of Doritos. I will handle a sleeve of Oreos. No problem. But, and this is the same thing for my wife, you know, we're athletes, we burn a lot of energy and we love junk food, (laughs) but we've learned that we just can't have it in the house. We just know that if it's in the house, it's going to get devoured. That's just the given. So our goal and our rule is don't buy it and don't bring it in the house. It's like, when we don't like cut it out, you know, we're not like these crazy health nut health freaks that swear off sugar or anything like that. But we make it a treat. We go out. We have to go out and get it. We have to like, if we want ice cream, it's like, it has to be an adventure. It has to be like a, we have to go to an ice cream shop. We can't go to the store or the freezer section and buy a tub of it because we will eat the entire tub. So that's been our thing is like, is making it a treat and also making it an obstacle to get. And I think that's where people have to start is you just start by just making your fridge the fountain of youth. You got to make your cupboard the fountain of youth. You can't. You can't have those those temptations so easily, you know, accessible. So if that's my first and foremost thing is nutrition. If, if that's where you want to start, start there. And then if you kind of have a hold on that, my next step would be weightlifting, resistance training. The main thing that people get caught up in, or I guess the first thing people think of when they want to get in shape is cardio. They think that cardio and running or cycling or rowing, 
is, you know, how they're going to lose weight or is how they're going to get in shape. And it's important. It's good for you. No, don't get me wrong. It's really good for your heart. It's good for your lungs. It's good for your blood flow. But it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be able to change you as fast. And you're going to have to work so much harder if that's the only thing you're doing. If you want to see results, if you want to see an actual physical change, an actual mental change, weight training, resistance training is literally my end-all be-all. That's the, the first thing I start. When I was training clients and they were new to the thing, they thought we were going to be on the treadmill for 30, 45 minutes. But I was like, nope, we're picking up dumbbells and we're basically doing two birds and one stone because you can work you know, in a cardio capacity with weights. But the difference between cardio and weights is that cardio is a caloric session that burns in that time, in that moment, but that's it. The cool thing about weight training is it's a caloric session, it's a caloric burning session that will also spike your resting metabolism because now your body has to work on rebuilding itself, making the muscles stronger again, working on the joints, working on the bones. So there's so many more things happening behind the scenes after a weight session that a cardio session doesn't really excite. So nutrition and weights, those are the first two things that I would really encourage anybody to do. Well, great advice. Now, I think one thing that I want to ask you before we run out of time today, too, is the fact that you talk about your refrigerator being that fountain of youth. Now, you've got three kids, and your kids are going to go over to other people's houses whose refrigerators and their cabinets are not the fountain of youth. And no matter what you do within your own house and trying to get them to think the right way, there's always going to be those temptations. So how do you work with your kids to be able to get them to see the importance of this, but also as they leave the nest and go to other people's homes that don't have the same philosophy of life? How do you instill that and help them to be able to stay strong? Yeah. So we we are the example for our kids. We, we teach them about that and everything that they do. And, then, and and we don't really worry too much about that, especially now. The situation we're in, the pandemic right now, going over to other people's houses isn't, isn't as a big deal because it really doesn't happen as often. But it kind of goes back to our balance. You know, we do allow treats every now and then. And usually they're not eating the treats that we're eating because we usually kind of eat our treats after they go to bed anyway. So they're probably like 90 10 as far as like health versus junk food and we're more like 80 20 but the kids already understand and, and that's how we explain it to them too it's like this is a treat this isn't something that's every day this is not something that's almost every week they understand that they know and and that's something that they just kind of learn over time and we don't really worry about what happens and if they go over to a friend's house and they have some treats then oh that was your treat for the week or that was your treat for the next two weeks depending on if it was like a birthday party or something like that but it's just about what happens in our home and and if something you know if someone brings cupcakes to school you know it's okay it's not that big of a deal it's not the end of the world and they also understand the concept of it's a treat and it's not the healthiest thing but it's also about enjoying life and enjoying yourself too and and not being this stringent and all be all of health and the kids are, they're happier that way too. You know, they're not going to go binge eat and, and whine and cry about not getting the sweets and stuff like that. So we definitely pick and choose what types of treats that we allow as well sometimes. And we balance that sugar, but it's pretty cool because our kids, are, they're kind of picky with their treats too. They don't like the store-bought stuff. They can kind of taste the difference between like a really good cake or, and then like this like really just dense confectioner you know store-bought cake kind of thing and they get turned off by that but we also encourage them to realize that fruits are treats too that natural sweetness that natural sugar 
is a treat to them. So sometimes when we say, oh, I got dessert, and it's usually like sliced up mangoes or pineapples, or sometimes I put like strawberries and yogurt, and then we kind of like call that a dessert. And then I even make our homemade ice cream that way too. Like I just do like frozen bananas and blend it up. And that's so sweet in itself that they think they're eating ice cream, (laughs) you know? So, and I'm not trying to trick them. I tell them what it is. You know, I say, yeah, this is my, this is our homemade ice cream. Or when I make my smoothies and I have a little extra left over, I freeze it in popsicle molds. And when they get up from their nap or when my daughter gets home from school, I give her a popsicle and she's like, sweet, it's a popsicle, but it's really my smoothie that I made in the morning. And, it has berries and it has fruits, but it also has a little bit of avocado in there, some chia seeds, uh, sometimes some spinach. But, you know, she doesn't really know. She just tastes the sugar. So that's our fun way of kind of encouraging healthy treat eating in our family. And, you know, we don't really stress about, you know, other events that happen because the most part, for the most part, we are eating healthy in our home. And we kind of basically, I guess bank the treat eating for them. So it's not that bad. Now we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. In one word, what is fatherhood? Compromise. Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? I feel like I succeeded so many times. <laughs> I think I'm succeeding now, you know, just being so involved. But I would say, I feel like when she, she makes me so proud so, so much. When I was seeing her stand up for someone on the playground one time and really advocating for someone who was being bullied, it was so cool. I remember uh, that sticks out to me because it's something that we encourage in our family and what basically kind of sparked my wife's career. But watching her stand up for someone and advocating for someone and and that's basically a proud moment in my fatherhood and, and always encouraging her to be that person, you know, to be that person to stand up and protect someone, especially when they can't protect themselves. And it's so funny because it's happened more than once now. And she's become that what my wife wants to implement in her career in sports and what she's done so much for women. And, and I've been that support for her and encouraging her and, we, you know, and starting her foundation and mother and stuff like that. And it's so cool to see her do that for her herself in her little world of second grade. <laughs> and so I think that moment and it's happened time and time again already. But in those moments, I feel like I've succeeded as a father. Now, if I was to talk to your kids, how would they describe you as a dad? I think they would describe me as an adventurer. Every time it's hanging out with me, every time it's well, most of the time now when it's time to hang out with dad or when dad's with the kids, we're always going somewhere different and we're always doing something new or exciting. And, and that's one a lot for them, but also a lot for me as well. I like to be adventurous. I like to see new things and, and it's in my nature to be really impulsive. So in this time, in this pandemic, when things were shut down, I literally packed the kids up and we'd pack a lunch and we'd be out all morning. And I was like, okay, where's the next trail? Where's the next park that we've never been to? And seeing something new and exciting and, and exploring and learning and, and meeting new people. So I think they would call me an adventurer. Adventure dad. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? My kids do. My kids inspire me to be a better dad, and they've really changed my whole persona as a person. You know, just even just in the in the department of patience and being able to slow down and look them in the eye and connect to you know what they're going through, what they're learning. And one of the things that I've really started to tap into is realizing that my kids, their life, like. Imagine what you were like. So my daughter's seven years old. Imagine what you were like seven years ago. How much progress did you make in seven years as a person, as a human being, as a man, as a partner to your wife? Are you still doing some of the same things 
that, you know, you wish you would have changed seven years ago. You know what I mean? And and I look at my daughter and I'm like, wow, you've only been on earth for seven years. You know what I mean? Like you've only figured out, you know, this much in seven years. And I got to remember that, you know, I got to remember that. And not even in seven of those years, she's been, you know, able to comprehend and, and decipher and learn, you know, for the first three years, she was just learning how to talk, walk, crawl and, and feed herself, you know, barely. And she barely could feed herself, you know. The placemat's still full of food, <laughs> but, you know, I got to realize that, you know, she's still figuring out so much and, and, you know, I got to slow down. I got to be more patient. I got to be more in understanding in that, in that development. And then a lot of her development is coming from me and my actions and how I respond to her. So it's really about, you know, honing in on my skills to be a better communicator, to be a better connector and, and and learning that I'm still teaching this person who's only been on earth for seven years and for half of that time has been able to comprehend and process and learn how to take care of herself and also convey and express her own feelings that, you know, I barely learned how to do at 28, 25. So that's been really, you know, the change for me and the encouragement for me to, you know, be a better father is realizing that, you know, I'm learning so much about myself so late in life that, she's barely learning anything and she's been on this earth for seven years so that's my encouragement comes from for sure now you've given a lot of pieces of advice today but in leaving today what's one other piece of advice that you want to give to every day i always like to and this is something i had to learn myself is um we do get so caught up in our schedules and we do get caught up in our in our routines and I would say it's okay to figure out some time to nurture yourself, I feel. And for me, you know, some people it's fishing or some people it's carving. But I think that's important time to take. And, and I think it's important time to encourage, even in our partner as well. Some of us are stay-at-home partners now and living a completely different way or style because of this pandemic. And we can be mentally taxed by that. And it can also affect our relationships. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, like... The, in the beginning when I was just figuring it out and when we were at home with all three kids at the same time and I live in a small Berkeley home, it's literally 860 square feet <laughs> and we have five people in here. And so um, taking that time to recenter myself, to slow things down, to do something that I thoroughly enjoy, even if it's for 30 minutes or an hour, once or twice a week, you know, like you gotta take that time and, and to just unwind and a lot of people sometimes do that in the wrong way. They do that with alcohol. They do that with content or, you know, just being absorbed into movies or, or, or shows. And maybe that's it for you. But I think that if we can just always remember to just take that time out for ourselves just so that we can be balanced and, and come back clear headed and, and, you know, and a good mindset to interact with our family. I would encourage that. I've actually started to tap into a little bit of meditation. And that's always been hard for me. And it's always hard to, to really find a really quiet space to do that or even just to remember to do it. But um, sometimes I'll just do it for like literally a minute or five minutes. And if I have it in the car at the grocery store before I turn the engine on and head back home, I'll just take that time and just sit quiet and just close my eyes. And sometimes that's all I get and sometimes it's enough. And I can come back and I can recenter my mind and like remind myself, okay, I need to go into this house with a smile. And I need to say hi to my wife and give her a kiss, even though maybe we just had a fight, you know, or even though my three-year-old is peeing all over the bathroom. (laughs) 
you know, like, hey, he's just learning. He's only been on here for three years. He still has to learn how to aim down. You know what I mean? So that stuff, I always have to just remind myself every now and then with a quiet minute to just nurture my mind, center myself, or even find that 30-minute run or jog or weight session that'll just kind of calm myself and recenter myself before I go back into a chaotic house. Now, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? On my Instagram. Instagram is where I'm most active. On there, I share a lot of behind the scenes of just my general you know, time with my kids and the stories. I post daily in my stories of just fun, random kid stuff. And even my workouts, I post on there. And then in my feed, I share a mix of everything. Some workouts, some fun times with the family nutrition, how we're eating, what are, how I'm cooking things, how I make things, and, you know, even just quick snacks that I prepare for the kids or the family or myself. And, you know, just really simple things too. Nothing complicated. I'm not doing these like food channel stuff where you got to have like 45 minutes of preparation just to even start. But just my general stuff is all on my Instagram, just my name, Luis Montaño. And then, you know, I've been working on starting a YouTube channel, kind of more deeply focused on nutrition and health and balancing fitness and lifestyle stuff that's kind of more myself and not too much of the family so i've been working on those two right now so my instagram is basically where you can start and then you know tap around and then the link in my bios to my youtube channel well i'll make sure that there's links in the notes today i just want to say thank you for your instagram page i encourage you to Go and watch the short little clip of Lewis trying to keep up with his wife running. So I, I just encourage that because that's a fun one. There's a lot of fun ones, but that one was a fun one to watch. Yeah, she kicks my butt for sure. Yes, it's it's all about keeping up with her, especially now because she's on the mend from our third kid. And now she's literally ready to go back at it and attack the world stage and running again. So I can't let her go too far ahead of me and, and put me to shame. So I, I try to keep up as best I can. And you're in good shape, but she did still smoke you. So, and I'm just putting it out there like that. (laughs) But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here, for sharing your journey with us today so that we can learn and grow and be able to be better fathers. And I just wish you the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time and the conversation. And I hope someone has drawn some inspiration to, you know, live a little bit of better, healthier life and just to chip out of it a little bit at a time, you know, don't go so hard into it. Don't dive you know, 100% into it, you got to just baby steps into it. And that way you'll be able to stay more consistent. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons 
We make the meals, we buy them presents, and bring your A game. Cause those kids are growing fast, the time goes by just like a dynamite blast. Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the one to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.